A new Planet Fitness location is now open. To celebrate, you can join now for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. We're ready to welcome you with tons of equipment and free fitness training in our clean and spacious clubs. Plus, you can check the crowd meter in our app for the best time to visit. Join the judgment-free zone today for $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Hurry, this deal ends soon. New location now open in County Center. Join now for $1 down and $10 a month. Hurry, deal ends August 31st. Planet Fitness locations are independently owned and operated. See club for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hi everyone, this is Jim Jackson. Welcome to the forum. And wow, we've been so excited about this. A lot of you online are saying, gosh, we've never seen you this excited. But first of all, we'd like to just give a lot of love to all of the great people that have supported us. Uh, Sandra and all the great followers, uh, Angel and Jackie and everybody, uh, James Quinn, and obviously the celebrities, Marie Osmond, uh, uh, Kathy Ireland, uh, Laura Aukman, all of the great celebrities been so it's just humbling to have you guys support us. So we thank you so much. We topped 31 million uh, views in our social media in the last week, the first time we've ever done that. So I, I'm just, God, we are so humbled. Thank you so much. And I can't wait one more second, Mark Darmella. So you introduce our guest, your interactions with him were vital into getting Jackie on her show, but gosh, I'm so excited. So let's get this going. Yes, Jim, I am so excited. I've been following Jackie, I think since I got the job at the radio station, which was maybe a year, year and a half ago. And I have wanted to get him on the show this entire time so when I finally got his attention and he said yes it was a very big deal so I want to welcome to the show Jackie the joke man Martling and Jackie thank you so much for being here it's so nice to finally meet you well it is my pleasure and I do have to say it is really tough to get me on a show what you have to do is ask are you kidding I would have come on in a heartbeat all you have to do is ask I am always ready always always ready you were intimidated. I appreciate it. It's good for me. Listen, if you got 30 million people, that means when I plug my Twitter, there's a really good chance I'm going to pick up two people. <laughs> hey, three, Jackie, three. But Maybe anyway, three. Uh, let's get right into it. Your career has fascinated me for a long time, and we're not talking Howard Stern. We're talking when you first started. Why don't you talk about, because you were one of the first, the, the phone number that you still have. I mean, what made you have all these ideas when you were a young kid growing well, up? Well, I, I, will, I will, first of all, uh, preface it uh, by saying that a lot of this is in my book, and there's more, it's a way too much detail to go into with you. I'll give you the skeleton of it. But anybody that likes me and is interested, my book is The Joke Man, Bow to Stern, but you can't put in Bow to Stern because if you don't include the joke man first, 
If you just put in Bowder Stern, you get a seventh grade sailing manual. Yeah. <laughs> I'll that out. That happened to me. We post the joke man Bowder Stern, and if you go to com, Amazon has its own page. You know, the, the publisher, Post Hill Press, put their own page there. So JackieTheJokeMan.com, and it's uh, it's my book, and it's also my book on Kindle, and it's also my book as an audio book on Audible. And Artie Lang did the uh, forward, and he also did the forward for the audio part of it. And he's a real good guy, and I'm proud to announce that he is doing really, really well again. And I appreciate that. I, you know, I have always done this. And, uh, you know, there's so much stuff I didn't even put in the book. When I was a little kid, I don't know, I, I, I asked my parents for a magic set for Christmas. And then I saw that they, you could get a projector by selling uh, all occasion cards in the back of a comic book. So I did that and I got a projector. And then I got some picture. I mean, some, uh, some you know, some eight millimeter movies. And then I got some puppets. And then one Christmas, I asked for a, a printing press, this little tiny printing press that you painstakingly put in the little letters and numbers backwards and then did it by hand. And I created my, my own flyer. I mean, this is, and this is like, you know, 10 years old. So I must have had some kind of bug up my nose. I don't know. And uh, just the jokes and the jokes and the jokes. And then uh, all of a sudden you hit high school and you realize if you play the guitar, you're going to meet more girls. And uh, and cut to two decades later, when you realize you're never going to make a penny as a musician, you start telling the jokes that you always learned. And, it, you know, it's really, it's a funny thing, because I had no idea what I was doing. But once I got on the Stern Show and got famous and got rich, if you connected the dots backwards, it really looked like I absolutely knew what I was doing. And I had no idea. It was one foot in front of the other. And all I knew was I wasn't going to get a regular job. That was the only guidance I had. Nobody ever told me, do this, do that. And uh, my parents were very good, you know, I, uh, as much as they weren't paying attention. When they were paying attention, they were very good. And, uh, and I, I got very lucky. As you know, you've, you've talked to a lot of celebrities, done a lot of interviews. You can do everything under the sun if you're not really lucky you got no chance, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, luck favors the prepared, of course. But so much of it is luck. You know, there's a famous story about Hillary Clinton, because oh. people say to me, what would you have done if you didn't run into Howard Stern? And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, I would have done something. You know, what, what do you think? I'm an idiot? And I remember uh, there was a story that uh, Hillary Clinton, somebody said to her, yeah, you're doing great, but you married the president of the United States. What if you were married to a gas station attendant? And you know what she said? She said, well, then he would have been president of the United States. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you just do what you got to do. You don't know the unknown. And, uh, and I, got, I got lucky, but, it, you know, I, wor I work my ass off. But there's a lot of people that have worked their, their tails off for a long time that never got anywhere. So, you know, I guess the answer to your question was I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, for our younger fans, our younger fans – the big deal back in the day what, what was uh, obviously he helped you in your career what kind of guy was rick Dees? he was a, a very straight arrow white bread it was funny because for a while i was on the rick Dees show and the howard stern show and they couldn't be more diametrically opposed you know but rick Dees had found out about me you know it, it's hard to explain to people especially people in the days of cell phones and everything 
I don't know how old you guys are, but and back at the at the turn, I call it the turn of the century when 1970s became the 1980s. There really was an incredible turnover. Uh, I had a band the entire 70s, and there is no video at all of my band. And like two years after we broke up, everybody had video cameras and VHS players. I mean, it's you know, it either existed or it didn't. And back in those days, if you wanted to make a long distance call. It costs money. It really costs money. And people had what were known as phone credit cards where you dialed in X amount of digits, like 12 or 15 digits, and that's how you would make your long-distance calls. And there were people in the country that got a hold of all these credit card numbers for making calls, and they passed them around. They were like an underground thing. And the same group of people had all the numbers of all the wacky phone services, like uh, you know the, the, your your horoscope or the weather and all this, all the, but all the services that cost money, but they would use these these credit card numbers to make calls, and they found out about my number, and of course they loved the jokes. And some girl in California called the Rick D's show and said, "Listen, I call every day because I have this credit card number, and this guy tells these great jokes, and you really should put them on the air." And Rick D's used to call my number and put me on the air. Now I didn't know it. Nobody knew it, but he not only put me on his radio show in L.A., he put me on his weekly top 40. They used to send the actual top 40 countdown to all the radio stations around the country. They'd actually send LPs. You know what I'm talking about? Like discs. And here they'd have my jokes on them. But what happened was in 1979 or 80, the country got dirtier. It got looser. Now, you, gotta be around, you had to be around at the time, but all of a sudden there was HBO. And all of a sudden, people had cable TV, and all of a sudden, you'd be sitting in the living room, and there'd be a bare breast on the television, which was so staggering to everybody. And all of a sudden, I said, you know what? And I started to make my dial joke. I started a dial joke just to promote the local shows I was doing, and I started making it dirtier and dirtier. And one day, Rick Dees called me up and said, Jackie, I love your jokes. I've been using them for a year, but the jokes have gotten too dirty. There's nothing I can use. Would you do some jokes, especially for me? I'll pay you. And I said, certainly. And I said, let's come up with, you know, with a concept. And he called me back and said, how about this? You're Jackie the Joke Man Martling, the guy from New York that knows all the jokes. I said, that sounds great. And boom, then that was born. And everybody thought that either I came up with it or Howard Stern came up. Meanwhile, the most white bread straight guy in the world is a guy who came up with the with the name Jackie the Joke Man Martling. And I did that for another year or so. And I, it, my dial joke was so huge. Because this is true, Rick Dees used to go on his weekly top 40 and tell the people the number. The number is 516-922-WINE, which is actually 516-922-9463. If you listeners are out there, if you dial it, beware, it's naughty jokes. But Rick Dees would tell his audience that it was Tom Selleck's home phone number. <laughs> and the people would go, and they'd dial it, and the, the machines, I had 10 machines in my mother's attic, and they would explode, you know? And it, you couldn't, I couldn't make this up, couldn't make this up. And he, he brought me out, and you know, I did a show at the Universal Amphitheater with him and, and a guy named Jeff Altman, that was a long time ago, and Jonathan Winters, and it was just, just so exciting. And then... When things started really happening with the Stern Show, I, you know, I had to bail out of Rick Tees, you know. But it was the weirdest combination. And, but it was all happenstance. I mean, mm -hmm. 
I didn't stumble in him. Somebody stumbled me into him. And I'll never know who that girl was. Her name was Linda, and she's from California. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? That's just so marvelous, you know. That's amazing. Uh, those were two of the questions that I actually had because I know you started as a musician in a band. And the two things I wanted to ask you about that one, you, you just answered it. There's no video of you. And did you actually ride a hearse with your, use your equipment, uh, carry your equipment in a hearse? What happened was um, I, I had to get out. Of, I was at Michigan state. I graduated from Michigan state as a mechanical engineer in 1971 but I hung out in the, in the college town for another couple of years because nobody wants to grow up. East Lansing, Michigan was like, you might as well have been Disneyland. You know, girls and women and marijuana and booze and just so much fun. But then the girl I was with, we broke up and my heart was broken. I, what am I going to do? And the guy kidnapped me out of there and we went to Denver, Colorado. And for six months, I worked construction. And I'll tell you, that's all it took. Six months of construction was enough to convince me I am never working for a living again. And then meanwhile, I've worked harder than any five people doing what I'm doing. But while we were there, one day a guy just got up and said, you know what? I'm going to go get a car we can all go out in. There were eight of us living in the same condominium. And we were all from Oyster Bay, Long Island, eight wild characters here in Denver when Denver was exploding in 1973. And the guy came home with a 1955 Cadillac hearse. We wound up piling everything we owned in it and driving back. You know, the stories are unbelievable. We drove back to New York in a 1955 Cadillac hearse with eight guys in it. We had five pounds of pot and we were pulling a U-Haul with a motorcycle in it. And we were supposed to go to to Maryland to sell the pot. It was too late. And almost everybody had left for Christmas vacation. So we drove a 55 Cadillac hearse pulling a U-Haul with five pounds of pot all the way up the Jersey Turnpike at the height of the Rockefeller laws. If we had got stopped, I would still be in jail. But we got home. We sold the pot. I, I started playing music again with my old partner. And we painted the hearse bright yellow. And we drove around Long Island for 10 years in this bright yellow monstrous car. It was bright yellow, so we called it Tweety. It was the 5,000-pound canary. We always had girls, always had pot, always had booze, and we never got stopped because every cop on Long Island knew us and loved us. It was so great. Uh, And finally, one day I woke up and said, you know what? I haven't got a penny. (laughs) I said, I better do something. And uh, and the greatest story in the world, I I was in a three-piece band, and we were getting nowhere. We were really horrible. We were good. We were fun, but we weren't getting anywhere. And one one night after after the gig, the other two guys in the band said, Jackie, we're going to leave the band and start our own band. (laughs) And I said, wait a minute, guys. If there's three guys in a band and two of them leave to start their own band, that's throwing me out of the band. (laughs) Jesus, call a spade a spade. But then I didn't know what to do, so I just started telling jokes on stage. And uh, Long Island guys, Eddie Murphy and Bob Nelson, Rob Bartlett, these guys that got very famous, they would come up and get on stage and, and do some time. Because there was no place on Long Island to do comedy. It didn't exist in 1979. And then we got the bright idea to put on a show at a restaurant. And we said, how are we going to get people there? And I came up with the bright idea. Let me tell jokes on the phone. And then the people 
we'll call for the jokes and then we'll tell them where we are. You know, it's just like radio. You know, you, you, you give them a little bit of material and then you do an advertisement, then you give them a little bit more, you know, programming. It's, a, it's just the basic thing of, of television or radio, but it got so popular so fast. And then I wound up running a, an actual club because they loved the dial joke and I made an album and it was weird. I was I was working in a recording studio, and I knew how to make an album. Now I wasn't. I had only been in comedy for a couple of months. I didn't know anything about mm -hmm. comedy, but I did know how to make an album because it. There's nothing to it. It's like making a cake. You know, you need a master tape, and you need a picture, and you need some money, and you send it to Nashville, and they put it in like a stew, and you, you get back a thousand albums. So all of a sudden, here I got a thousand albums, and everybody thinks I'm hot stuff. And meanwhile, any moron could have their own album, but nobody knew that. Yeah. And then I made another one, and then I made another one, and I'm sending them all over the world. And three of them that I sent, my, my girlfriend that became my wife, we mailed a package to Howard Stern. And a couple months later, he called <laughs> up and said, man, you know every joke in the world. Why don't you come in today and join us on the radio? Wow. And like they say... The rest is history. That's a perfect segue because I do have Jackie's book, The Joke Man Bow to Stern, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank One you for saying that. I'm, you know what I'm going to do, Florence? I'm gonna, if you honestly read it, I will send you – I have a whole other book that wouldn't fit. So I'll send you the chapters that didn't make it. And a lot of people will tell me those chapters are better than the ones in the book. Oh, please do. Please do. And one of the things I wanted to tell everyone – it's not just about Jackie being on the Howard Stern show. I mean, there's a lot of great stories. But what I really love is, is hearing all the other stuff that not everybody knows, all the behind-the-scenes stuff and the photos. You have so many amazing photos in this book. So I always say, not just if you're a fan of Jackie's time on the Howard Stern show, which was amazing, but if you're a fan of Jackie's and want to know about his life. And one of the things you had mentioned, which – I know that talking to a lot of people who you were going to be on, and I got lots of questions, and a lot of people were so excited. I don't know if everyone realizes your relationship on the show with Howard, that you were the head writer, and a lot of the stuff that came out of Howard's mouth, especially the really funny things, were from you, because you, you, you had a note system from the book I, I was reading, and I thought it was You know, really it is, what is hard you to believe is there are still people that don't know that. You know, wow. they, you know I, was, I was at a, at, at a, there's a place called Iridium in Manhattan, this great little club, 51st and Broadway, and I went to see a favorite band of mine, the Sub Dudes, and I was sitting there with this other guy, and this guy says, hey, you're Jackie the Joke Man. I said, yeah. He says, hey, how you doing? He says, I work at NBC. I'm a cameraman. I said, oh, it's nice to meet you. And we started about the show. This is a guy in show business that works in the bowels of show business, and he had no idea that I had been passing notes for 15 years. Wow. Because I sat there and got made fun of, and I had a good laugh, and I was like life of the party. So there was no real reason for me to have another function. But meanwhile, writing notes and make him, making him funnier was that was essentially my, the, the important part of my job. And uh, it was a big deal. It was something I, I created. You know, I just, when I went in to meet those guys, I went in and sat in with Howard and Robin and Fred. And at the end of the day, Howard said, you're a lot of fun. Why don't you come back next week? And I went in one day a week for three years for free. But I would pass notes and they were plugging me on the air. You know, I, it was, it was, it was copacetic. 
And after all those years of kind of giving him ideas and giving him notes, when when he got fired and went to the next uh, station, to K-Rock, I wound up being there too. And then we went to mornings, and he put me on the show as a regular member because he was funnier on the days I was there. And we got it down to such a science that it was seamless. Like you have no idea, unless you were watching in the room, you'd have no idea that I was writing notes. But you could only do that with somebody as brilliant as Howard. I mean, he's so smart and so quick that he could be talking and just, you know, seamlessly in, use the, whatever I wrote or not use it or switch it around. And, you know, as we went from city to city and got bigger and bigger and bigger, it was just it was just phenomenal. But it was the, it was the sum of the parts. You know, that's why I wound up off the show, because I thought we were all in on it. You know, as huge as he is and as wonderful as he is. We all were in on it, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, everybody has a different assessment of what they're worth. So, you know, I don't even get into that, but, but it, it was so fun and so exciting. And it was always great when you had a guest and they had no idea what's going on. And all of a sudden they'd see what was going on and they'd be amazed, you know, but it, it, it was, it was so much fun, so much fun. Yeah. I, I found that so interesting in the book. Cause again, like you said, Howard is very smart. He's a wonderful interviewer. You know, you have to give him that. He, he Oh, I, I give it all to him. I'll give him 99%. I won't give him 99.99999%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. He definitely earned his stripes. But I did find it really interesting, your part in all that. And I also found it really interesting, and you had mentioned it before, that Artie Lang did the foreword. And what I find, I, I thought was very heartwarming, was the fact that for many, many years on the show, that was the Jackie chair. The chair Artie sat in was the Jackie chair. You made that chair famous. You made your role on the show very famous and all that you contributed. But what was so heartwarming to me was that you guys ended up becoming friends because the Jackie chair became the Artie chair. And he did but the You know what? What nobody realizes, Florence, is – we didn't become friends. I had, we had been friends. There was never any crossover. He didn't start on that show till eight or nine months after I was gone. I knew he used to come to see me when I was working at Rascals Comedy Club when I was doing comedy. He used to come with his friends, and he was a fan. I mean, he didn't come up and introduce himself, but but he knew of me, and we knew of each other forever. And there was ne people. Oh, it's so nice to see you guys getting along again. There was never a point at any time. Well, we didn't get along. There was no animosity whatsoever unless people wanted to create it. You know what yes. I'm saying? Because yes. it, it, he's just a good guy. And another thing, it was never, ever, ever called the Jackie chair until I was gone. It wasn't like Jackie's in the Jackie chair. It was just, you know, it was just when I left, they realized, oh, wow, that there was something to that. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, definitely. There was a void. There was a major yeah. void. When you left, and I think people re sometimes people realize once someone's gone or something is no longer there, the value. And as much as I love Artie, and I absolutely, I absolutely love Artie, and like I said, I was so happy to see he did the forward. There was a void when you were gone, and the show did change. I love the Artie years as well. I think Artie is very talented, but there was a void. I mean, there was a huge void. Did you get a lot of that from the fans after you left? Like <coughs> it was uh, a staggering, you. a staggering amount of emails and love and, you know, and just as, you know, there's also a lot of hate mail that, you know, like, you know, 
especially people that had no idea what I was contributing to the show. They think I'm sitting there making hundreds of thousands of dollars for sitting there and slobbering on myself and getting made fun of. They had no idea the contribution that I was wielding, you know. So it was a little weird, but, but you know, you just do what you do, you know. It, of course you don't realize until something is done. You know, just like breaking up with a girl or breaking up with a guy or, or you know, you, what happens with time? You remember the good and forget the bad, which is the worst thing of all. You know, the rose-colored glasses. But, uh, but it, it, is all, it is all interesting, and I, and I appreciate what you say. You know, you wouldn't believe the stuff that I get in the mail, and I, I really should write another book. I, I, I'm, I have a book in the works right now because... Uh, I, hope, I hope you do well, another book. It's not another... It's not another uh, uh, autobiography. What happened was in the course of all those years, I would write notes about everybody that came in and make fun of them. And, you know, and Howard would, you know, read these horrible things about people. And it was great. And at some point I had one of the interns, Steve Grillo would get the yeah. notes signed. So if I wrote something funny about Roger Daltrey at the end of the program, he'd ask Roger to sign it for me and maybe make fun of me or something. And I have a collection of about a hundred autographs of people oh. signing the horrible wow. things that Howard said about them. And it's the greatest, most eclectic group. I'll send you a few of them. It's unbelievable. So I'm going to fill a book with those. Oh, wow. Because, you know, you tell a little story about what happened. Like, I, I got John Wayne Bobbitt's autograph on a, on a note with his wife. He was oh. married for one day. They were married for one day, and after they got married, they came on the Stern Show. So I got their book, their autographs when they were married. It was like it was like catching a hummingbird with his wings not moving, you know. And uh, it just was so so crazy and so fun. The whole the whole thing is just so nutty. But one of the greatest, I get I get emails like this. A guy, I get emails from young kids, which is pretty crazy. Now picture this. I got an email. This guy says, Jackie. I'm 28 years old. I only started listening to the Stern Show about three years ago. And then after I started listening and really getting into it, I realized that there were old shows on YouTube and that I could yes. hear here and there. And he said, and then I went back and started listening to the old shows. Now, listen to this. Listen, listen to this <laughs> analogy. He said it was like having a brand new favorite band and then finding out that the band's early albums were much better. Can you imagine? How great is that? I couldn't have made up that compliment if I sat around for a month. I was like, holy God, I sent that kid everything I had. <laughs> Jackie, don't get me started. Uh, Florence knows how I've been ranting the last year at your importance on that show. And I, I got fired from a job in a corporate level because I, I was making the company millions of dollars and they didn't deserve the little, you know, 10% raise. So I don't even want to get started. We try to keep it positive, but boy, you, uh, when you left the show, let's just put it. It took me a long time. If it wasn't for the talents of Artie, I would have never listened to him because you, you were such a vital part of that. And pe when we tell people, we've been telling people that for the couple of years that we've been on, they're kind of shocked because Howard is so smooth. He's so bright. He just does things on the fly and that, and he's a great interviewer. And those are his, those are his talents. But boy, you were the foundation of that show when you took away the foundation. To me, it yeah. just God bless Artie. I love Artie, but it just was never the same for me. Listen, I I'm glad you guys called me, and I'm thrilled to do your interview. But I had no idea. You know, I thought you guys were just another podcast from somewhere. I had no idea that you guys were really into me, and this is very 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 flattering. And it really kills me that I almost 
almost missed doing this stupid interview by getting the day wrong. Thank God I'm getting the chills thinking I could have missed all these wonderful compliments. We have a, we've been, we've been telling a lot of young people about you and about your talents. Yeah. And, it, and it's not just this tower. I, I don't like when people think you're just the Howard Stern show, because again, your, your phone number, I've called your phone number. I have to be honest with you. I get your 420 jokes. I, you know, a couple of my followers will say, how could you like that? Now, you're, you're just, I think the very first time I ever heard about you was when I was a kid my uncle, I think it was my, my friend's uncle had a, had a, it was an 80 or 81, a thing that you had done. Oh God, something people was an album you did. People are something. I can't remember. Normal people are people you don't know that well. Exactly. Yes. And that was the first time ever. And I said, this guy is hilarious. And my mom said, don't listen to that. So (laughs) (laughs) you want to hear the craziest thing? I, I tried so hard to get a book deal, and it really was hard because everybody thought my ship had sailed. They didn't know what an interesting story I had to tell. And I finally found an agent. His name is Peter Steinberg. He said, I'll rep your book. We'll get you a deal. And he wound up getting me a deal, and I'm so thrilled. And now I'm actually making money from it, thanks to Howard awesome. <laughs> writing his other book. But we go out. I never met the guy before, and we go out to lunch. This is how old I am. This guy... When he was a little kid, he was so little that he had never made a phone call. You know, when you're a little kid, you don't even know what a phone is or anything like that. Yeah. And he yeah. must have seen either uh, maybe his father or his uncle had an album or a sticker. But, you know, you never, have, you never as a kid have cause to see a phone number. And he saw the phone number. 922 Wine was the first phone call he made in his life as a child and he's the guy that got me the book deal i know i always sound like i'm so full of crap because who could make that up but it's a true story how funny is that my god i almost fell down when he told me that that is amazing because like i said my mom there was two there was things i couldn't listen to that album benny hill and something else. I remember my dad just, you know, let him live. You know, it's not a big day. But I just thought, you, and my friend's uncle just got such a kick. He was from New York, and he just said, uh, I got a bit. My mom liked Rick Dees, but she didn't, <laughs> didn't like your album. Uh, you know, it's so funny because I still have the, the number is just one line. It's, it's the other line here in my home because I could not. I tried to give it up. I went from ten lines to five to three. And I was going to call it, and I could not let it go. But I live for it, because every time I go out, somebody will come up and say, oh, you're jacking a joke, man. You know, I used to call that phone line 20 years ago, and nothing (laughs) makes me happier than saying, yeah, well, dial it. And they never forget. They go, 516-9221. I said, dial. And they dial. Hey, this is Jackie. Thanks for using your finger. And they fall down. They can't believe it. Because it's like, it's like a time it's like a time capsule, you know. It's probably the same jokes too. <laughs> well, you know what's funny, Jackie, is that I remember Ron Howard once said he goes, I forget the gentleman. He was such so funny, but he asked Andy Griffith, was there anyone that really just made him laugh? And I forget who was the great actor that played Floyd the Barber. He said, literally, when I look at him, he just makes me laugh. It seems like you know that's so great. Over you know. You know, that's a that's a common. And now that's what's so funny is because as a comedian or as a funny guy, you actually it, it's, it sounds like a weird expression. But when you say, oh, I, I, so I got somebody's funny bone yeah. and I have Howard Stern's funny uh, bone, I can look at him 
and he will start laughing because he knows I'm going to say something funny or do something stupid, and it drove him crazy. And to tell you the truth, it must have been Sophie's choice for him to let, let me go because for 15 years, every time he looked over, we were both in a good mood because we were killing and kicking ass and doing so great. And for, for him to all of a sudden not have that joy there in the morning, I mean, we, we had a, a, a symbiotic relationship like no other. And uh, it, 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 it's a very strange thing, but, it, it, but it's really true. There are certain people that you just can, you, when you see them, they start laughing, you know, and it's a, yeah, there ain't, I can't say I got a hundred of them. I've got probably five of them, but it's, it's a really fun thing, you know. Oh yeah. Howard loved you. It was, it was amazing. Now I don't want to ask this, but our fans have been pummeling us and you can ask me anything. Eight inches. Well, to tell you the truth, that's a little too wide for most women. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, before we go any further, I want to, I want to do a quick plug. Please buy my book, Jackie, the joke man.com. I promise you will love it. If you, if you write to me, I will, I will send you an autograph to plug into it. Or if you want to send it to me, I tell people you send it to me, I'll sign something, write something nice. But I answer, and I know you won't believe this, but I answer every email I get. So if anybody wants to email and personally ask me any question, I'm glad to answer. It's jokeland at AOL.com. Now, don't make fun of me. Yeah, I got AOL. Enough already, all right? But it's J-O-K-E-L-A-N-D at AOL.com. And if you write to me, you wind up on the Jokeland mailing list, and I'll answer your questions or whatever. Now, yeah. Jim Jacks, go ahead and ask the question. It's going to make me hang up. <laughs> no, and before we go, Lawrence and I have decided that for this month in October, J- Jackie's book is going to be in the book club, which means we are going to market yeah. the book out of that. We want everyone to get it. And again, we're going to give out the email. We're going to get out the site. We're going to give out the links. And we want this to be absolutely bl- you blown away. This is an amazing book. Florence, Florence yeah. and I loved it it was insider stuff it was great stuff and anything jack i jack, anything jackie does i laugh so it he cracks me up he's an amazing talent so again we're going to be marketing the heck out of this and as with all of our people please support them and uh it, it goes to a great cause jackie's uh, pocketbook so uh, anyway. i appreciate that listen uh, the one thing i don't know if i hammered this into you guys because i do this with everybody that hires me and it makes everybody crazy but whenever you spell my name, did I tell you that, Florence, Jackie? Yes, the joke yes. man is three you. separate words, capitalizing quotes. Yes. Did I put you through that whole thing? Yes, you did. You did. I saved the emails. I loved it. I loved yeah, it. You know, because everything I've seen from you, I said, is this, a, is this by accident or did I, did I run the riot act? Because no, people are like, what the hell's the difference? What's my name? You know, you don't spell yeah. Howard Stern, S-T-U-R-N. You know what I mean? So... The joke man is a very essential part of this stupidity that I do. You know what I'm saying? I spelt it wrong. No, I'm glad you told me because I was able to make sure that every time I did a post that I did it correctly because that's important to me when I market because marketing is very important to us. So I always want to obviously get the name right. And I do want to promote you in a way that's going to make you happy. So I actually got a kick out of it. I thought it was great when you sent me those emails. Well, thank you. Now, I'm going to send you guys both. Um, you know, I got great pictures of, like Willie Nelson holding my book and stuff like that. But I've got at least as, men, as, least as much book as my book extra. And the, and the tales that are untold, you, you know, great Rodney stories, Jackie Mason stories, stories oh, about wow. my band. 
you know, they're great stuff. And it's people are like, why wasn't this in the book? I said, because it wouldn't fit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. the, book, the book was as big as I was allowed to make it. And there's just no interest in doing a sequel that just says that I'm lucky I got to do one book. But uh, but it's fun. And if anybody writes me and asks me a question, you know what I do? People write to me and they ask me a question. If it's something that's in a chapter that wasn't published in the book, I just send them the new chapter. You know, and, and I love wow. sharing stuff with the fans. I really do. You know, it sounds old and tired, but that's my life, you know? Oh, they love Yeah, you. it is a great book. It is a great what, book. And I definitely yeah, want everyone to it. definitely really buy it. it. Now, what we wanted to ask are, are, is, what is your relationship now? When's the last time? I know the answer to this from interviews, but I want it in your own words with Robin, Fred, and with Howard. As far as Howard, we used to write emails ba uh, back and forth on our birthdays, and that that uh, kind of petered out a couple of years ago. I had my own r radio show on the Stern Network uh, on CBS, on uh, Stern 101 uh, called Jackie's Joke Hunt for eight years, and they unceremoniously just stopped it. And then he had his 60th birthday party that was thrown by Sirius XM, and we were on the network, and my partner and I were not invited to the 60th birthday party. We were on his network, and we were on Sirius XM, and, it, you know, he just it's like a mirror, mirror on the wall. That was, that was kind of the beginning of like, that hurt. And then we didn't get invited to the Christmas party. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Gary, once in a while, we'll write an email back and forth when I have a question or he has a question. You know, we're certainly friendly as we can be. Uh, Robin took me to lunch about two years ago, you know, to, to say hello. I guess she's, in, you know, doing this thing where she wants to cleanse all her memories or whatever. But, you know, every time <laughs> yeah. I'm with her, we just sit and laugh our asses off. You know, we always had a great as, – as much as it sounded like the animosity was flying between us, that, you know, it was show business. You know, we're farting around. And Fred is, is just delightful. You know, I just wrote to Fred and asked him to be in my documentary, and he wrote back, listen, uh, I really can't, but thank you and really good luck with, with it. I mean – we were always close. Me and Fred were always close. We were close. People didn't even know. Me and Nancy, my ex-wife, we used to go away with Allison and Fred. But nobody knew because if I told them that I had spent the weekend with Fred, they'd be, what was he like? What's he like? Is he all right? Is he, you know, and he's totally yeah. normal, but they got him pegged to be this crazy man. So, <laughs> you know, there's no real pain. Or, you know, I'm still good friends with Steve Grillo. And uh, I see Stuttering John here and there and all the guys from the E! Crew. You know, I mean, we forged a lot of deep. I mean, you, if you're there at six o'clock in the morning for 15 years, you, you know, you better be friends or that foxhole is going to get even smaller than it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah definitely. Now, another question. We have a couple of uh, Keith Lyle, who was uh, in the movie The Hangover. And we have Amory Castillo, who's a young comedian who's a, who does one of our podcasts as well. She just headlined Caroline's in New York. And good job, Amory. Uh, but what do you what do you think the two last things we want to we want to ask you is how has comedy changed from when you started to today? And do you have any advice for young comics out there uh, just starting out? First of all, I have absolutely no idea. I don't watch comedy. I am not interested in comedy. People say, who's your favorite comedian? I say, well, the newest, the, the new guy that I really like is Chris Rock. <laughs> He's been around for 40 years. Uh, I, you know, it, so, so much of the, you know, if I'm in a club or something, and I see somebody, you know, I, I don't laugh. You know, it's not funny. I'm a guy, I like a punchline and set him up and punch him in the stomach. And uh, a lot of it is lost on me. Uh, as far as advice, there's a really, really funny chapter in my book about Jimmy Fallon. And 
It's the answer to your question, because when you start getting a little bit famous at all, people ask you the same questions, you know, what's your advice, blah, blah, blah. And I, early on, I realized, somebody would say, Jackie, I want to be a comedian, what do I do? And I'd say, quit. And he'd be, what are you talking about? I said, don't even bother, you're out of your mind. Which sounds rude, but it's not rude. And I've read interviews with Matt Damon where he says the same thing when people ask him about being an actor. And my friend, Sean Young, famous actress, she would say the same thing. Because if you say to me, Jackie, I want to be a comedian, and I tell you to give up, if me telling you to give up slows you down even a little bit, you are not yeah. cut out for this because it is so hard and you're going to hit so many brick walls. So it's actually said with love. But what's really funny is <laughs> at the end of the 90s, Jimmy Fallon called the Stern Show. And Howard said, oh, Jimmy, you never called in before. He says, no, I'm promoting this this uh, movie, uh, um, Almost Famous. And uh, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan. He, he says, you know, I almost met you guys years ago. And Howard said, yeah? He goes, yeah. He says, back in, I think it was 1995, Howard was going to run for governor. I don't know if you remember that. But he was going to run for governor. And we all got in a bus, and we all went up to Albany in the bus, Okay. Jimmy Fallon lives right outside of Albany, and he knew that we were going to Albany, so he found out what hotel we were staying in. And this is, this is what he said to Howard on the phone. He said, yeah, I found out where you guys were staying in Albany, and I went to the hotel, and I went to the hotel bar. And this is before he ever did anything, right? He said, and Jackie was standing at the hotel bar, and I went up and said, I want to be a comedian. And he told me to quit. <laughs> and Fallon always said to me, he said, Jackie, that's the greatest story, man. you got to come on the show someday and tell it. Well, I'm still waiting, Jimmy. I'm still waiting. But he swears. He said him and his friends love that story. That's a true story. But, you know, he, when he said that to Howard, of course I never got to explain the rationale for me saying that. You know, I wasn't being a jerk. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, there was, there was, there always thought behind what I did, even though they made it sound like there wasn't, you know? Oh, yeah. But, but we know your real fans know what a genius you are, iconic guy you've been for years since uh, the 70s when you first started. And we, we hope to have you on again. We are going to market the heck out of your book. We're going to market your sites. And yeah. I'm telling you, we want his number on Monday next week flooded with calls because I'm telling you, I call this number once in a while still when I have a bad day or something because Jackie makes me laugh and he's such a great person and to come on our show. We're so appreciative. appreciative. Well, right, let me, let me just run this stuff by people. Uh, if you want to see where I'm working, it's, it's all my gigs are always on jokelands.com. If you follow me on Twitter, I do jokes every day at 4.20 p.m. International Marijuana Time, and uh, they're always lewd, or not always lewd, sometimes they're greater than others. If you email me, I promise I'll write you back, jokeland at AOL.com. And, you know, most of the emails I get, Jim, are, all right, man, everybody says you're going to answer this, but I know you're not going to answer this. And then I write back and say, boo, you lose. You know what I mean? So it's that simple. And uh, and call five one six nine two to wine. And listen, I will come on your show anytime. That you guys, uh, you Great. couldn't be more delightful. I can't believe you that this you're this big of fans. It's it's very very flattering, and I really really mean that. Oh, it, we um, we probably know a little bit too much about you. You may be locking your door. <laughs> we really are big fans, 
yours, Jackie. We just, and again, we're going to have all these links on Twitter. We're going to show his e email and don't, don't email him and saying you're not going to answer this. If you have a question or if you want him to sign something, do it. But if you do that, I'm block you. I mean, do not. <laughs> so, and you know what you guys, if you send me, you guys both uh, from your opposite ends of the world, email me either a post office box or your street address and I'll send you guys a, there's only about 50 of them left. I'll send you a, I stump Jackie the Joke Man t-shirt, which are now collector's items. Oh, and, wow. Uh, oh, okay. And, you know, I got some garbage lying around here that, that's, it's just so fun. Because they made me go through everything for the documentary. And every time we start digging in, you wouldn't believe the amount of stuff here. Oh, my God. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's a little scary almost, you know? <laughs> Hey, what, anything, because we are such big fans of you. Like I said, I'm not going to say anything negative about the Howard Show. I, I've never really been into, I thought Fred was really good, and he's really a, a really smart joke guy, but you and Artie were the guys, and it took me a while to get into Artie. I love Artie. Artie, we, we love you, and yeah. uh, we just totally, but you're the guy to me that was the show, and when you left, I, I, I really was disheartened, and I, was never the same to me so i i just yeah, you guys so i'm going to send you a bunch of those notes that are signed by the celebrities you're going to oh fall down when would, you look at them if you, if you'll, fall down. you'll let us post them we would love to post them because people would just love awesome. to see that thank you uh, so yeah, you know much what? maybe i'll send you one a week or something like that to tease the book <laughs> you know my what mom's i mean gone so i could read them so <laughs> <laughs> all right jackie you take care and thank you so much for being on our show and let's keep in touch i i Sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank that you. Was Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.